This morning we're going to have a dedication in a moment, but I wanted to take the opportunity just to talk a little bit to all our parents about you children. Now, this is the most important thing, and, you know, in reflection as we lead up to the dedication, uh, I wanted to just remind you of Hannah's prayer for a child in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And uh, Elkanah, her husband, he was a bit puzzled at Hannah's cry for a child. And it was a typical blokey response from Elkanah because he said, am I not enough? Here is a guy that totally doesn't get it. But Hannah had something in her. She was barren. But in, on the inside of her, there was a cry for a child. And the wash up of this is that she dedicated this child to the Lord. And uh, we know that Samuel, uh, Samuel became the agent of change in the nation which ushered in the kingdom of David. So this is quite a profound thing. And I want to say this this morning, you know, that very moving to hear Dan talk about what's happening in the United States because all children are precious and sacred and every life is given by God. And I want to thank you for bringing that this morning. And, uh, you know, we, we know, uh, I know that even in our group here, there are those that, for whatever reason, have had to go through the process of terminating a life. And I want to say this, the incredible forgiveness, you know, that Jesus brings. But we must understand that every life is given by God and has a powerful potential to change nations or to change the world or to change the city or even the school that you might be in at the moment. It's really a, a wonderful thing to be able to gather together to dedicate Lila to the Lord this morning. Heidi mentioned last night that she had waited seven years for this child. And every child is very special. Lila's particularly special today. And we thank God for her. We really love her. I want to speak to parents this morning because I believe that uh, this has got to be the toughest job in 2023 as being a parent. Lynn and myself have raised children. It's never been easy at the best of times. But my heart goes out to mums and dads who have got newborns, infants, teenagers now because it is profoundly different. The whole way of learning is different. The whole way that they download information is different. This generation is a generation in crisis that needs Jesus. Every generation has need, needed Jesus, but there is massive blockages over this generation. This generation has been manipulated and drawn away from their purpose and confused. So parenting in the 2020s could be the most difficult era to parent children. And I think it's great you're here because I want to speak to you as parents this morning, or if you could be parents in the future. And there's a couple of things that every parent must do and must do well. 
And the first one is to protect their children. Protection is a, uh, it's, in our, it's in the DNA of a parent. And, and uh, you know, the safest place for a baby is in the womb, or at least it used to be. But now even then the baby in the womb is under assault. So we as parents need to do all that we can to protect life from its inception. Parents also need to realise this, that we need to be wise with our protection because sometimes parents can be overprotective. Have you ever seen helicopter mums? I worked in schools for a while and it's like overprotecting. And I believe that in this area of protection, we need to ask God for the wisdom to be accurately protective. I like the analogy of the eagle where the eagle at the right time pushes the baby out of the nest. And that would be quite something. And that is the way that the uh, baby eagle is taught how to fly. But of course, the mother eagle is there to capture that baby eagle as it falls. So number one is protection. You know, and here in this, in this community of faith, we need to be protective collectively of the little ones that we have in our midst. We need to look over them and we need to protect them. And at times, you know, as Lynn and myself have gone about our ministry, We've had a heart to protect our children at all costs. But the reality is, is that the enemy, our adversary, the devil, has at times got in under our guard. Because, see, children are the future. Young people are the future. Lila and every other little infant in this building is the future of not only this church, but the future of our community and wherever God calls them to be. So it is, you know, don't ever doubt that the enemy is going to attack children full on. And right now there is a full on assault on the next generation coming from multi different directions. You know, the education system and everywhere else. This is really the reality of what's going on. Children, because you are a steward for the Lord Jesus. Number two is provision. Parents have got a responsibility to provide materially, but also to create the right atmosphere for the child to flourish in, in the home. And I want to congratulate you, Heidi and Julian, on the atmosphere that you've created. A loving atmosphere for your children and also an atmosphere where you've discipled your children. And for each one of us, we need to know that it is our responsibility to provide that atmosphere for our children. And, uh, you know, Lynn and myself and the leadership of the, as the leaders of this community of faith, in the same way, we've got an, a, a responsibility to create an atmosphere where every child is safe. And it's an atmosphere... It's an atmosphere that's different out there than out there because what we want to do is we want to create that atmosphere. And this is something that Lynn and myself and our leaders are diligent about is creating an atmosphere where the children can grow and find God. 
Even the Friday nights that we are talking about, we want that atmosphere to be so safe, but we want it to be an atmosphere where young people can come in from the city and find their reason for living here and everybody is safe. When you come to church, I want you to participate in providing this atmosphere, an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of honour, where we teach our children to honour one another and to really love one another and to be different to the world. Number three, very important role and responsibility of parents is to teach your children to pray. You know, I believe it is natural to pray. We all pray. Everybody, atheists pray. I've heard them. Everybody does. It's as natural as breathing the air. But we as parents need to teach our children the protocols of prayer. Even Jesus' disciples, he, he said, they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So this is a responsibility that we have as leaders, as mums and dads, to really make sure that we are teaching our children the critical importance of prayer. Let me tell you about prayer. Prayer works. Prayer connects us with God. And when we pray with one another, it connects us properly in the right way. You've heard the saying, the family that prays together stays together. One of the most important meetings we have a, as a church is online, Friday morning, 7am, the upper room. Parents, don't leave it to someone else to teach your children to pray. Lynn and myself, uh, we pray every day together. And when our children were growing, we prayed with them. If I went back over my time together, I would spend more time there. I would do that because this is really the centrality. We don't know that we can always have church like this. You know, we know how, how the culture's going. You know, by the grace of God here in Gippsland, we will. But this is where the, the basic building block of the church is in the home. It's mum and dad. So it is my responsibility to make sure that the church is taught to pray, you know, the way that is, is lined out in the Bible and to teach you what I know. This is my responsibility. This is our responsibility. But the first person to teach their children to pray is most likely mum. And then it's got to be dad. It's really, really important that we do this. I believe even in the church, this is going to become more of a focus as we teach our young people how to really build a strong inner life through prayer. This is the heartbeat of this church. So teach your children to pray. So mums, you know, what? have you heard the saying, you know, those that rock the cradle, you know, what, what's the saying? Rule the world. You know, this is mum. But then... A father has got a different dimension of prayer because fathers have something. I believe this is a, the, the role and right and responsibility of a father is to command in the spirit. 
And this is where Joshua said, as for me and my children, it's not my decision to make my children's decision for them, but it is my responsibility as a father to be the first one to teach them to pray and then to command in the spirit over their life so that they come into the people, the, the, you know, the perfect will of God for their life. We need to pray for our kids and we need to teach them to pray. I remember one of the things that, you know, I went through with John when he was young is that I uh, used to read the stories out of the book Jesus Freaks, which was about men and women who, who were real wholehearted followers for Christ and some of them paying the optimum, you know, the, the ultimate price. And I know that that sowed seed into John about how he should live his life. And, you know, it seemed to be while the rest of the youth were going crazy, he stayed on track. You know, this is the role and the responsibility of dads. So mum and dad, you know, you're an incredible partnership, Julian and Heidi and every other mum and dad in the place. Number four this morning is preparation. This is something that parents need to do. And sometimes we can be short-sighted because we just want our kids to be happy. Happy kids, eh? Isn't it great to have happy kids? We've got to go further than that, though. Every day we are preparing our children for a world that is increasingly disconnected from the foundations of faith that we have in our life. Every day we are preparing our children not just to exist in the world, but to be salt and light in the world, to make a difference. And, uh, you know, in, in our own group here, we've had some real champions that have stood up into different things. Heidi. And different ones that have really stood up and been champions. And do you know what? It's because there has been preparation. So, you know, uh, we can teach our children to fit in and to get on in the world, and that's great, and that's important. But we need to teach our children to be world changers. This world is going on a certain trajectory. And God wants us to be the agents of change that change the trajectory. I think that's why we, even though we're not a massive crowd, I think uh, we're the most searched church in the middle of everywhere at the moment. So you can teach our kids. We can raise them for a career. And I believe that's important. We should teach our children to study well to learn and to excel in their studies wherever possible. But if the kingdom of God is not in them, a real vision for the kingdom, a real vision to change the world, then I believe that we have fallen short. And this is Hannah's prayer. Hannah's prayer was, Lord, you give me a child, this child is your child. And you know, we are going to dedicate Lila to the Lord in a moment and, uh, you know, uh, this is a really important time, but let me know, in, let, uh, let it be known that in a uh, couple of weeks, she is not going to have any remembrance of this. 
And that's why I'm talking about parenting. You know, it's really the parents that need to dedicate and rededicate their life to the Lord and just not be content to go through life and live a good life. We are the agents of change. We are a, a we believe in, in the transformation that happens when people meet Christ. But when we go out from here, we're going out to transform our world. And that's the vision that we hold dear. Samuel became the agent of national transformation. One man, one child, one hope. This is amazing. It's when you begin to say yes to God as young people and go, I want to be like Samuel. I don't want to just wander through life. I want to do great things for Jesus. Then that is a noble call and a noble choice. I want to talk about this point number five in particular this morning is, is partnership. Parents must partner with other parents. It's really important that like-minded people, like-minded parents partner together to raise a generation. Have you heard the saying, it takes a whole village to raise a child? It's so true. The problem is, I don't know what sort of villages the world is, uh, uh, you know, what villages now are raising. And we've got to be a different village, different values. We've got to understand the purpose, understand the kingdom and the values of the kingdom. And when we begin to partner together as a people, then we become stewards of a generation that's being raised up underneath us. And together we can speak life. You know, I can't do this on my own. Our children need other children with the same values. Our young people need to find other youth groups with the same values. And parents need to join their hearts together and partner with one another and cooperate to raise a generation with a spirit of excellence. You know, uh, sometimes we can go, well, this is my kids and if you touch them, I'll break your face. That is just not how I was raised. I remember my dad sending my brothers into the policeman at Rushworth, a man by the name of Des Fitzpatrick, who was a policeman there. And this was community partnership because Des had a way Constable Dez had a way of getting through to my brothers that my dad didn't. This is community partnership. But see, this is where if we're wrongly protective, no one can touch our kids. So it's where we need a partnership, you know, to partner together, to cooperate together, to work together, to open our hearts to other mum and dads so that we can raise a generation with a spirit of excellence. So we need to come up with solutions and answers for this generation. Together we can raise great children, courageous leaders, city builders, nation changers, and tomorrow's community leaders. So as we partner together, we want to sow the vision 
for national transformation into our next generation. It is possible. It's going to turn around. You know, the world is getting a little bit crazier every day and that creates the perfect environment for you and me and for churches like this to take their place and not rule over others or anything like that, but show them the way and be the light. Number six, very important. We're doing all right with this, not long to go. The next thing is we need as parents prophetic guidance. This is the Elijah dimension that is mentioned in Malachi chapter four, verse five and six, where if you are a mum and a dad today, you need prophetic wisdom. You need insight that only God can give. More than what we needed 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's different now. There is so much beginning to come at us, like the whole AI thing, the artificial intelligence, you know, the massive, you know, deluge of information that is coming and our younger generation will have access to. You know, uh, our kids could be far smarter than us in a lot of ways. But this is where mum and dad have got to be tapped in to the source of divine revelation because those with revelation will never be at the live at the expense of those that have had information so this is coming back and asking God God give me the spirit of wisdom and understanding help me to tap into what you have for me this is the Elijah dimension in Malachi 4 where it says but behold, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the hearts of the Elijah must come, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. This is our assignment to be mum and dad, spiritual mum and dad to that next generation, to love them, to break through for them and with them until their hearts turn back and bringing these generations together. That's the dream of our church. And that is what God's going to do. Samuel became the standout in his generation because he did something different. He was in the temple. He put himself in the right place and God began to speak to him. And it became a two-way dialogue. And I believe for every one of us, even parents, this has got to happen with you. I've had an interesting thing, picture just through this year. And it's been like the wells on the inside have had like a seal over them. We have information, but, this, but the, it's like the valve of a reception has been shut down. Each one of us, the thing that made Samuel different. See, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, it said, there was not much revelation in those days. Well, do you know what? There actually always has been revelation. There just always has not been good listeners. And when you as a mother or a father go and pray and ask God to speak to you about your children, how to raise them up to be like Samuel, God will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. The last point before we dedicate little Lila 
is we need to be, parents need to proclaim. We need to continually proclaim to our children that Jesus is, always has been, and always will be the way and the answer. God's always proven it to our family. I remember with one of our children, when we were going through a real test of faith and provision, when she was little, uh, she wanted chicken. We could not afford chicken to eat. But we prayed as a family and the miracle turned up. It was amazing. Now, I'm not going to give you the details because I'll get them wrong. I, I need to review them, but that was really it. There was no food. God answered our, and we need to, we can say, oh, well, wasn't that good luck? No, it wasn't good luck. It was answered prayer. We need to continually, every day, proclaim the goodness of God to our children. We need to tell them who Jesus is, that he is our saviour, that he is our healer, that he is our provider, that he is our victory. He is the God of heaven and he's the only name under heaven by which all men must be saved. He is Jesus. He is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he's risen from the dead and he is Lord. Find a way to tell your children and to communicate it every day. So that is our charge to the parents today. We thank God. We are a parenting generation. We're in this together. This is a marvellous place. But let's partner to a greater level and love one another to a greater level and love our community because there's going to be orphans coming home looking for their place and their spiritual father. They're going to look for their heavenly father. And the only way is Jesus. Anyway, we thank God. So there's a little parenting message for you. But if you go back and we begin to employ these, you know, sometimes we can just get a little precious over our kids. Or is that just me? But when we begin to partner like this, we can have a greater understanding and we can win. We can win the war, the assault on our children. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for being here. We thank you for being our Father. And, Father, I pray that you'd put on the inside of us a real heart for this next generation. In Jesus' name. Amen.